And thank you, Lord, that you go with us. We never leave us. You never forsake us. And Lord, I just pray right now as we come around the word, I pray, Lord, an impartation of rest, an impartation of peace. I thank you, Lord, you disarm every anxious thought. You strengthen every heart in this room. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you move amongst us as we take this time around the word. Fill this room, fill every person under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Awesome. It's so good to celebrate Mother's Day together today. Uh, and my, my first encouragement is to us as mums is to be present over perfect. Who knows that striving for perfection will never bring much peace, but rather if we, um, we look to be present for our children, uh, we can enrich their lives and invest in their lives. Um, you know, I had an imperfect mother moment. Um, at the end of last year, I was maybe a little preoccupied with loving Syria <laughs> and all the people of Syria and Iraq, and I forgot to enroll Cleo for school next year. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> So I was at the kids' um, cross-country day, and one of my friends in the office just happened to mention that they're sending out acceptance letters at the moment, and it just sparked something for me. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if we've done that, Hartley. <laughs> Thankfully, for the grace of God, I think we got the details, and we hustled. We got them in within 24 hours. We booked an appointment, and I'm pretty sure she'll be able to follow her siblings into school next year. You know, there are um, times of imperfection, but I think if we can... Um, decide in our heart to be present for our kids and it's a it's a fine art um, putting aside our own preferences and shifting our attention to them there are so many times we constantly need to lay down as mothers the things that we would like to give our energy and attention to and rather look to our children the greatest gift that God will ever give us is our beautiful young people so that's my um, encouragement this Mother's Day let's be present over perfect. And if there was one fruit of this message today, as we come around the word, my prayer is that peace and rest would be imparted as we come around the word here today. And to every mother and every person in this room, to the weight carriers, to the sacrifices, to the accommodators, to the givers, I pray rest for you this Mother's Day. You know, to those who have lost children, to those who have farewelled mothers, um, who have suffered discord and disconnection emotionally and geographically, I want to tell you, you are seen today, you are loved, you are acknowledged this Mother's Day. We stand with you, each and every one of you. And I want to I come around this idea of rest. I just think the greatest gift I could ever give a mum is rest. <laughs> and if I can do it by bringing the word today, then I'm happy. And my friend Emma Schroeder um, encouraged us to press pause this Mother's Day. And she says, to breathe with greater depth, to see with greater clarity, to know with greater insight, to be with greater presence, and to live with greater rhythm. So right now, can I invite us all to press pause this morning. Relax, settle in. We're in the house of God. There, if ever there was a place that we should feel most at peace and content, it's in his presence. It's in the house of God. So settle in this morning, friends. Now, the title of my message today is Capacity Through Communion. And I just want to open my personal devotional world to you today and share a few things with you about how capacity has grown on the inside me as I have communed with God. Would anybody like a little bit of that this morning? Amen. So I'm going to start by reading Psalm 23, 2 and 3. 
and it says, He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his namesakes. I love Psalm 23 and I love that moment. I love that he would lead us and lay us down in lush green pastures and rest beside still waters. And do you know, it's a place we can go to. It's not just a scripture. It's a place that we can withdraw from the rush and the drive and life and we can find ourselves communing with the Lord. And I'm going to unpackage that a bit here today because I believe our capacity is according to our devotional life. And our devotional life, in essence, is being with God via the Word, via prayer, via worship. This is what devotion is. And I want to tell you, friends, that all the resources of heaven are available for us. And as we commune with God, as we sit with Him, as we be with Him, it's like we find ourselves in the funnel, sitting under the funnel. And all the resources of heaven, especially the things that the world can't produce, peace, and a sound mind, and love, undiluted, uncontaminated love that comes to us via this conduit of sitting with the Lord. It's like we sit under a funnel, and all of heaven's resources are downloaded to us, distributed to us, imparted to us as we commune with Him. And it's available any moment, any heartbeat. It's an internal decision in in our heart. I'm going to lift my eyes. I'm going to posture my soul towards heaven and he comes in a heartbeat. You'll feel him come alongside you in your car, in the kitchen, in the workplace. He'll lean in. The Bible says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And let me tell you, he is hovering, ever present, ever available for us. Young mother, as you despair in the midst of exhaustion and and getting up through the night and feeding babies, let me tell you, even three o'clock in the morning, as you posture your soul to the Lord, he will come and commune with you. He sees you. He's for you. He will strengthen you like nothing else can. He's amazing. Because, friends, if we have a shallow well, we have a shallow output. So this morning, I want to encourage us to dig a deep well of being with God, revelation, and the strength of heaven filling us. Dig a deep well. Otherwise, our output will be shallow in according to our devotion life. See, friends, if we sip God, we're quickly going to be thirsty again. Rather, he would encourage us to come and find ourselves not just by the well, but by a mighty rushing river. He has the force of heaven is not like a little trickling stream that quickly runs dry. It is like a huge rushing river, which is available for us. If we would come aside and sit alongside that river, let me tell you, he will sustain you for the highs, for the lows, for the desert place that when storms afflict, and come around you as you sit by the river. Your soul will be made strong and your your mind will know peace and strategy comes in that place. You have all the resources of heaven as you look to them, amen? You can hear the depth 
of someone's devotional life in their outpouring. Do you know some of those people, as you just brush shoulders with them and you just have a little off-handed conversation and they just drop gold in the midst of that off-handed conversation. Some people, it's like a presence around them. Who could, who could feel the depth of Emma's devotional life this morning as she sung out over you? You know, she was pouring out of her own wellspring. She was sharing her devotional well with you today. It's an intangible. It's the anointing. It's the empowering of heaven. The well can't produce it. You just find it when you come aside and you are with the great I am. You know, when we are with God, we enter from a human realm. And some of us, we cut our devotional life short because we enter from a, a human realm. So when we, when we begin to pray or look to or read the word or come into worship, we first enter from a human realm. So what I mean is like we physically come and our natural thoughts are running through our mind. But friends, if you can reach the tipping point, there's a place that you can go to where it's no longer just your thoughts running through your mind, but you begin to interface with heaven. There is a place where heaven waits to be with you, to strengthen you, to fill you. Heaven is available for you, not just for the priest, not just for the pastor, but for the mother, for the husband, for the broken, for the strong. Heaven is available for us all. If we would just wait, then wait would come. If we would just wait in that place, then the weight, the substance of heaven will begin to fill us. But we have to get past the awkward tipping point. There is an awkward place that we need to move past first. And the Lord strengthens and calibrates and cultivates our spirit person as we practice interfacing with heaven. He, he, he enables us to be with him. He, he builds our spirit like a muscle so that we could... We could commune with him so that we could receive from him. And let me tell you, in that place, we acquire a heavenly substance, revelation, authority, clarity, the edge come from that place. Amen. Matthew 6, 6, in the message translation says this, here's what, here what is what, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. Thank you, Jody Kristen, for this scripture. It's a good one. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. That is the place. When you feel the shift, you know you've entered from a human realm to a heavenly realm. When your natural thoughts begin to fade away and a revelation and higher insights come, then you know you have shifted to that place of grace. You know, um, you never need to feel isolated in life or in motherhood. You know, there, are, there is a separation in motherhood, especially when your baby's young, where it's like you go into the home and it's just dishes and waking babies and feeding babies and changing nappies, and you find yourself in this very small world, and it's all about the baby and trying to keep on top of the dishes. I just remember piles of dishes when my babies were small, and it seemed like they never went away, and it feels like life can get very small and very insular in that time, but I want to encourage 
encourage you, friends, that you don't need to feel isolated even in those seasons of withdrawal or seclusion or separation in life or in motherhood. And um, we can in motherhood because our burdens are often invisible and not articulated. There are a lot of burdens that uh, we carry in our heart that we don't maybe share here and there. There are a lot of unseen things that we carry as mothers um, that we don't articulate to the broader community. There are burdens that we weights that we carry in our heart. And that's because we're interceding for the next generation. We're fighting for our children. We're making way for the next generation. So there is a weight that we carry, a responsibility that we carry. But friends, I want to tell you, even in those unseen, unarticulated burdens, you need never feel isolated or alone because there is one who will come and carry weights alongside you. Even in, in life seasons when we feel separated and hidden away, there is still one who will come and fill those places because we can always commune with God, even in those times. We can converse with God, even in those times. And the burden, therefore, is transferred and shared as we invite him in to our simple sometimes lives. Amen. So I'm talking about communing prayer here today, but I, I also want to give you one other weapon for your tool belt. Is that okay? You keen for that? As mothers and as leaders and as people sitting here today. And this is breakthrough front-footed prayer, which is a different kind of prayer, but a weapon that we also need. Both actually need to be active in our world according to our season. See, there are seasons to commune and to withdraw and to rest. And then, friends, there are times to bring the power of God into your circumstances and to wield the weapon of front-footed breakthrough prayer. And this is to declare the name of Jesus over your circumstances. And as you speak the name of Jesus, let me tell you, it pierces the atmosphere over your finances, over your family, over your physical bodies. Mums and friends, I want to tell you today, just as powerful as communing prayer is breakthrough front-footed prayer where you wield the name of Jesus. There is no circumstances which you should feel that you have to submit to. Let me tell you, you have a higher name, a higher power on your side, and you can lift up the name of Jesus over that child that is separated and wandered off course. You can lift up the name of Jesus over a marriage which has grown tired. You can lift up the name of Jesus and watch your circumstances bow and yield and turn to the power of his name. Amen. Come on, let's thank Jesus in this place. So I would say, friends, we need to get the rest, reception, rhythm of our lives right according to the outpouring. Because, you know, sometimes as mothers, we just feel like we're always on. We're always pouring out. But friends, if we can get the rest, reception, rhythm right, then we can get some internal harmony in our worlds and not feel like we're always giving out of an empty cup. Because that's a terrible place to live out of. Now, I love having a cup of tea. Who's happy about their little um, gift of tea this morning? Tea in a test tube rather than babies in a test tube. <laughs> That's great tea. We all love a cup of tea. Um, 
And I'm a big believer in the ministry of tea. I think, I think it's like a universal therapy. Hands up who, who thinks across all cultures, I believe that tea has an important place. It's like a medicine, a universal therapy. I think every culture has a value for tea. And I associate tea with rest, with conversation, with clarity, with pausing. I love it. And, you know, in a natural sense, it helps to reset and um, regather ourselves. And, you know, true refreshing for me is probably walking amongst nature, getting lost in a good book, withdrawing. I'm an introvert by nature, so I just love quietness and stillness to center myself and get our thoughts. You know, all these things, different things will help you to shift gears. These are the things that work for me. But if I'm honest, ultimately, prayer, worship word is what gives me overflow, buoyancy, a heavenly perspective, strategy, insight, strength, and peace all come from this place. Amazing. I love it. You know, it's a common thought to feel maxed out, especially as mums, even as friends in the marketplace or in the house of God. And um, what commonly comes out of our mouth when we're, when we're feeling maxed out is, I need to serve less or I need to do less. And like I said, um, we're all wired differently, need to reset differently. We need to get the harmony right in terms of our, our rest. Um, but I also believe that there is a possibility when we're in that place um, to increase our internal capacity and actually to recalibrate and go to a higher level. Now, some of the things I do to help maintain um, good high output and not to dilute my effectiveness. See, friends, if we get distracted and put our hands to a thousand things, we can dilute the focus of our effectiveness. Um, you know, I don't serve outside my lane. You know, the more I grow up, the more I know where my fruitfulness is. And I'm more and more focused about putting my hand to where I know my fruitfulness is. I'm not going to serve outside my lane because I believe it dilutes my effectiveness. And friends, you'll exhaust quickly. If you put on Saul's armor, you know when um, Saul tried to dress David in his armor and it didn't fit right, it was awkward, it was cumbersome. Friends, if you try to put on service out of obligation, um, you know, whether it be to family or church or work out of people pleasing you will quickly tire so you know friends I don't wear Saul's armor I wear Nat Taylor's armor and I'm really happy with that I'm comfortable with that see the Lord is constantly green gleaning from and tweaking our heavenly to-do list whether it outworks in the marketplace with our families or here in the house of God and I want to ask you today what are you holding on to that is yesterday's emphasis or action point because the more you hold on to the baggage of what Jesus asked you to do in yesterday, the more you're going to feel like one of those wide carrying trucks with all this heavy wide load. And you're going to need a small car to drive in front with a wide load coming and a small car to drive behind with a wide load coming. And you're going to feel like a wide load carrying kind of person. But I believe the Lord wants us to be nimble and effective like a deer on the high mountains to be able to, be able to traverse across high and complex places. He wants us to be free and he wants to be us at ease and I believe he's always inviting us to lay down what was yesterday's mantle lay down what was yesterday's task and step rather into the new day anointing and the new day call so friends I want to encourage you keep refining and tweaking what the Lord is asking you to do amen because the Lord renews us. There is a new day oil that, that rests on us with the new day task and the new day focus. So be attuned to the change of season and don't hold on to yesterday's action points. 
Now, aside from withdrawing from service, and there may be seasonal need for that, we can't ever withdraw from motherhood, however. That is the service that goes with us until we graduate to heaven, and what a privilege it is. There is always, however, the option for internal increase. Who knows that motherhood forces internal increase? It's a very swift training, but it happens. Now, internal increase is not to be confused with uh, striving, because striving, on the other hand, is like a mouse running on a wheel. Constant motion and busyness, but little fruitfulness. So let your soul be at rest. Don't be caught in the trap of striving. Um, striving. Are you enjoying this teaching today? I'm trying to lay out my devotional world to you here today. I'm trying to help you here today. I want to serve you well here today. Can I hear a little clap if somebody's getting something from this today? Getting a little bit of something, something for you? That's great. Because there are seasons to surge and there are seasons to sustain. So surge is like the end of last year with Pastor Rhonda surging to host the Syrians well. And what a beautiful surge it has been. And it continues. Now we're in sustaining mode. We're adjusting to the call and to the rhythm. And we're sustaining. So understand there are times to surge and there are times to sustain. You know, typically through opposition like resistance training, God decreases us and increases himself in us. And who knows, this is a lifeline purpose of heaven, to decrease us and to increase himself in us. Um, you know, Isaiah 9-7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And, you know, the increase of your, your place of charity is, is, is called to increase. Higher education, homes, cars, family, marriage. We're called to increase. Our life is a path of increase. And I pray with your increase, it would be accompanied by peace. As you increase, peace would go with you. Heavenly peace would go with you. Now, peace is not to be confused with comfort, but rather contentment. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must grow more prominent. I must grow less so. That's what John the Baptist said about Jesus. You know, this is the path of the minister, the person, the disciple, and the mother. There will be very real wrestling threshold moments when you will question if the sacrifice is worth it, if you have what it takes, if you will survive to see another day. But in that wrestling place, in those threshold places, he increases on the inside of us. Selflessness is put to the grave. Selfishness is put to the grave. And he increases on the inside of us in those tests and in those times. You know, sometimes we have to get to the end of ourselves before we find him. And he is always waiting for us at the end of ourselves. You know, we can get caught up in the course that we're running, but he, he, he walks alongside us into the day that the veil is lifted and our eyes are open and we see him standing right there. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and I'm going to um, land on a few thoughts here. Isaiah 
54.1 says, Sing, O barren one, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. I love the barren woman because she teaches us that God fills empty spaces. Even when we find ourselves at the end of the self, he comes and inhabits that place. His peace, his love, his presence meets us at those places. You know, even when we feel like there is nothing left in me, he puts his breath back in us. His breath inhabits our lungs and our soul and our mind. I don't know if you've ever come to him when you're so weary and there's literally nothing left. The first thing I feel when I come before him like that is his breath. It's gentle and it's quiet and it's still, but it's power and it's fire and it's life and it's real. And as it enters my soul, life surges again. I lift my face up. I can look to the future again. His breath breathes into barren places and resurrects and restores like nothing on earth ever could or ever would. The breath of God is a powerful force. And I believe the origin of praise is in his breath in us when all is stripped away you know praise is not circumstantial it is revelational and when we come with nothing and all the circumstances have been shifted around us and his breath enters us again we have the fresh revelation you are the source of life you are the one that fulfills every desire within the human soul you are the great I am let heaven and earth fall away but if I can see you if I can behold you, if I can stand with you, I have everything that I need. The breath of God is a powerful thing. And He's with us here today. I'm going to read one last thing that encourages me so much. David Ravenhill says, God's first requirement in ministry is barrenness. God looks for people who are incapable of producing life on their own. Those who have come to the end of their own striving and honestly admit their true condition. Most of us, not wanting to bear this reproach, go around feigning life. Our activities become the substitute for the anointing. Programs replace productivity in prayer. Life seems to abound everywhere until one looks below the surface and realizes it's only a veneer, a form of godliness that lacks power. Why does God insist on barrenness as a prerequisite for blessing? Simply because no flesh can glory in it. God has to strip us first so that He alone is glorified. And Lord, we glorify You here today. Lord, we glorify You here today. We glorify You out of our need. We glorify You out of our brokenness. We glorify You out of our nothingness. We glorify You out of our weakness. We glorify You out of our magnificent need for an intervention, for a Saviour, for a Prince of Peace. We thank You that You're in our midst. You fill the barren places. You fill the empty places with Your power, with Your glory, with Your presence. Let Your power fill every